Welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop, where each episode we delve into a different slice of wellness in hopes of nourishing ourselves. With the help of special guests and a little of our own irreverent insight, we'll dive into some of the ingredients that make up the whole of Wellness Pie. We're your hosts, Dina Searden. And I'm Rachel Piaz. Thanks for joining us. Now grab a cup of tea, sit back and relax, and enjoy a piece of Wellness Pie. Yay, here we are, another episode of Wellness Pie. And Rachel, today we have Fen Green. And so welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop. So Fen, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So we're going to start off as we always do. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be here today? Yeah, I took the scenic route just kind of how I float through life. I think it all started, uh, you know, with um, Dina, with your son, Mason. Uh-huh. I was his, his nanny when he was first born, maybe. I don't know. Might be how I got here. Yes, yes. That's, well, that's that's very true. And Mason adores you to this day. He's now nine years old. It's, it's pretty, pretty mutual. Yeah. He's a, he's a pretty awesome person. Yeah. I know that you have a really interesting backstory. And why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Your family is of origin is very interesting and sort of your experience there. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Middle Tennessee, uh, just uh, south of Nashville. Yeah. We're not a traditional family in a lot of ways. Uh, I was homeschooled for the early years of my life. Um, kind of lived at the end of a gravel road. Um, so my family's very religious, conservative Christian. There were five of us kids. We're all pretty, pretty close. And I would definitely think a lot of, I definitely take a lot of my family values that I grew up with, but they've definitely shifted over the years, I think, or, or um, maybe the emphasis is, is tweaked a little. I'm curious now, you, you kind of answered two of our questions and I'm now very excited. So you mentioned you, you believe that values kind of change or the emphasis changes over time. I'm sorry, maybe more mature versus change. And you mentioned that you take a lot of your family values with you. Um, what are your family values? What are your values? Well, I would say I, I take... Well, I take at least one of my family values, um, which is which is kindness, and because I I feel like uh, kindness is um, the best expression of love, and and I think love is very important, and I think um, I like the Martin Luther Martin Luther King quote that justice is what love looks like in public, so I think mm-hmm. that's really important, and I think kindness is. Um, an overflow of, of that love. So I definitely think that that, that I, I directly take from my, from my family, from my childhood. And my other, I only, in thinking about this, um, <laughs> I thought of two, two other values that I think are really um, kind of uh, inform my life choices. And, and, uh, and that's community, because uh, community is really important to me. Uh, connections with people and just sharing life. And that's being able to ask for help and helping others and just being, being an active part of, of this human existence. 
And then the other value that I did not get from my childhood that is not a, a family value is the is really important to me. Uh, freedom is really important to me, mm. and uh, control over over the ability to control the decisions that I make. Mm. Um, and I that's that's not a value from my family. That's a, a value from my, from trauma that I went through because when I was uh, I was I was pretty self aware as a teenager, and I knew that I was gay. Uh, but I also knew that it was unacceptable in my family's values and in my religious tradition and beliefs. And so I got, I started uh, reparative therapy to try to um, can, to try to change my sexual orientation uh, at 16. And that was that was a uh, pretty detrimental to my personhood. That's um, I'm glad that now more and more it's becoming um, illegal to put minors in that kind of therapy because it's really um, it's not good for you so uh so I think being in that situation where I was very much told what I couldn't 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 be uh definitely impacts my need to have control over my life and my authenticity and and my choices now there's just so much to unpack in that statement (laughs) that little brief bit you just said, because uh, my first question is the reparative therapy, was that your idea or was that your parents' idea or was that your idea because of your parents' pressure? Yeah. It, at the time, I thought it was my idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a 16-year-old with not a lot of, I, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have the ability to look at life and be like, well, there's this choice or that choice, you know, and and very much being I, I bought in really hard to, to my religion that I grew up with. And, and I believed very much that homosexuality was unacceptable to God. And so wanting to be acceptable to God and my family and wanting to have a life worth living, I didn't think me being myself was an option. So I, I mean, I very much, I went in wholeheartedly tr- just like, I've got to do this. This has got to work. I've got to change. I I was very um, very genuine in my in my attempt there, and I was involved for about six years. I was twenty three when I finally was like, "This is gonna kill me. Like oh I can't God. I can't do this." Yeah, I was kind of like, "Okay, I can <laughs> I can kill myself, or I can try to live authentically." And um, I was like, "Well, authentically sounds more fun." So I tried it and it's great. (laughs) I uh, just want to take a moment, collect my thoughts and my emotions to just thank you for sharing what you just did and and opening up into the space to allow us to not dissect, but to really just um, talk about this hard subject because I can only imagine what this impacted you and how this impacted you. And I just thank you so much for just starting us off real vulnerable. And I think that's part of what Dina and I love about this podcast and people like you is your willingness to talk about things that people are afraid to talk about, shamed to talk about. Um, And I just, I just am speechless over your bravery in this moment. So I'm just going to start with that. I'm also interested to know, you know, you grew up outside of Nashville 
kind of isolated in your little, I'm imagining it was a kind of like a little farm uh, in your goats and driveway. Yeah, yeah goats, goats and, chickens. and chickens and homeschooling. And then you also have this religious family. It's no wonder that you thought the way you did about your sexuality and your identity, right? That they kind of kept you in your little bubble. Um, and I'm curious to know when was it you said uh, you were 23 when you when you were uh, decided to step into your authentic self what was that moment for you that you were like this is a this is not okay and this value now is going to be how I choose to live my life was there that pivotal moment was there that thought that came in you know you said oh I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to live authentically was there an event that kind of took place that just made it impossible for you to continue living in a box that wasn't yours yeah I think I think the way I I process things um I'm, I'm kind of slow to process and I it's not so much that I like to take my time with things it's that I have to take my time with things I'm just um so I think realities will start to form in the back of my mind kind of and and I'll be marinating on things for a long time before it finally comes to the the front and it's like okay this is this isn't working anymore and I have all this like build up of like like this and this and this happened and it's just not working and and then I so it's kind of a slow so I'll be walking down one path like my life is like this. It's got to be like this. It's going to be like this. I'm going to make this work. And then it will seem very like, just like a sudden turn, but it's because I've been marinating on it for a while and thinking about things kind of internally and quietly. And then it's suddenly like, nope. And so, um, yeah, the, the teachings, what I learned in the, um, ex-gay world, uh, just kept not, they just didn't line up with the realities I kept experiencing. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really hard when you're, when you're kind of, I don't know, core beliefs or the beliefs you're trying to build a life on just aren't lining up with the reality of the life you're experiencing. And so after that years of that, it just, it, um, I had, I went to, to a different therapist. I just had one session with him and, and, and I say therapist lightly because it's, people that practice conversion therapy aren't licensed uh, by the state. It's not, it's not acceptable. It's detrimental. Uh, Y'all would know more about that. To say the least. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I went to a a Christian counselor who was, and I, I expected him to be coming at all this again from the very judgmental uh, homosexuality is wrong. Like this is unacceptable. And he just looked at me and was like, you know, the, the truth is you, you really can't change your sexuality. Like that's not something that can change. And it was just like this, I mean, and now that's such a obvious truth in my life, but at the time to hear it from somebody in a position that I really was just like, go, okay, tell me what to do with my life. You know? And to hear him say that was so relieving that it was just kind of like after that one session, I was like, all right, I can't change this. <laughs> like, this thing that I, I kind of was figuring that because I keep trying, it's not working. So, but it was really, that was very relieving. Speaking the truth is an amazing thing. You know, we should, we should do that. We should all do that more often. That's for yeah. sure. Um, what our listeners can't see is that I was tearing up. I've known you for 10 years and uh, <clears throat> I was tearing up because it it's just such a hard truth that um, children grow up in the bubble of whatever their 
parents' beliefs are and aren't allowed to explore outside of there. And when I see you and I think how much I care about you and the love and kindness and generosity that you show your wife, my kids, the community as a whole, it tears me apart that you had to go through that experience. And, uh, and like Rachel, I appreciate so much your vulnerability and your willingness to talk about this. So that's my, my feely moment. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yes. I also want to say that you've brought up, okay. So the, the three, the, the three um, values that you talked about were kindness, community, and freedom. And freedom's the first time we've had that on. I was literally thinking the same thing. And yet that's so, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about it now and I'm like, duh. Duh. Kind of like last time we had determination. (laughs) It was like, oh yeah, duh. And can you talk about how, I mean, that huge experience of allowing yourself to become who you truly are and what other ways has that manifested in your life, that freedom Mm. value? I mean, I think it really fuels so much. I've gotten to live now in in several great cities. Uh, lived in Atlanta for a long time, then lived in Chicago for a while, and I've been in uh, the Twin Cities, uh, St. Paul in particular, and I'm now planning to move to San Diego. Like it's just, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah the I don't know. There's there are so many ways. So many. Um, I think there are so many boxes that we we get into and that moment when you realize oh this isn't actually real like we can we can make other choices even if we've been on a trajectory you know kind of a a weird way to tie this in uh, a couple years ago Kim and I bought a house here in St. Paul and we were on a well, we'd been on a trajectory for a while to become parents and um, I tried for several for uh, two and a half years to get pregnant and I just, uh, it just kept not happening. I don't know why, like it just, you know, every, every month it was like that disappointment of like, oh no, you're not pregnant. Like, and, and so, you know, thinking, well, but we've got to be parents. So we, you know, we became foster parents and, and went on this, this journey and just kept, I just was so focused on like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we bought the house and we're going to have the kids and it's going to be, you know, this like white picket fenced life that, uh, and then suddenly realizing, wait, why are we trying so hard for this? Is this even what we want? Should we take a moment and just ask that question? And the freedom to ask that question and then the freedom to be like, hmm, this is the trajectory we've been on for a while and this is what we've been working towards, but I don't think this is actually what we want. And kind of hopped off that train and just to enjoying life as a, you know, as a couple instead of a, you know, as parents. Yeah, I think that's another place that that the freedom, the the freedom to reimagine my life, even in my late thirties. And I hope I, I hope I always have that freedom. I know, you know, some there's only so much time. <laughs> so freedom is really important. That is so profound because what I hear in that is that you recognize that there is nothing but your own desire and your authentic self that keeps you on any given path, right? Your path yeah. might be just, and forgive the pun, straight down a line, <laughs> right? It can veer off, swerve. It can have a million little 
branches. Mm-hmm. And none of that is a prescribed, it, there is no right, there is no wrong. It just is. And it's just a beautiful image of, hey, just stop, sit down, reevaluate, and let's think about this realistically and emotionally. Well, I think what's cool too is, you know, this whole time I've been thinking, right, the moment you said freedom and like that being a value, I was like, oh, holy shit. I don't even, that is not something that I have had to face not having in my life. And so of course I've never stopped to think about it. And right at the beginning of a conversation, we're talking about planning and planning and planning. And that's my thing, right? Control. And what I hear from you is the blessing that you have is this gratitude for the fact that you can make choices in your life. And I'm sitting here with my jaw hanging down being like, why can't I just stop and be grateful that I have a choice to go this way or go this way? And I think where we get lost in society, you mentioned it perfectly, the white picket fence life, that image, um, even coming from your parents of a heterosexual, you marry a man, you have kids, you live in a house and boom, boom, boom. And I think at least for me, I get so lost in the fact that that is my choice to make. And my choice to say, I don't want to live by society telling me to do this. I have the freedom to do this as long as I show up compassionately with kindness to the community. Because I think you shouldn't just be able to make a freedom choice and then just not not be a contributing member in society by way of compassion and love. Um, Because I think what happens is we're just going to produce less acceptance of people and like, oh, I'm free to think however I want. I was like, well, maybe you're free to think in a place of loving compassion. And I just, there's really no uh, question in what I'm spewing out other than I'm just reflecting on this piece that you've brought to me of like, you should just stop and take a pause and realize like, is this really what you want? Because you have the freedom. You actually have the freedom to identify with yourself, to show up authentically, and to make the life choices that align with you and your family. And I just am so blown away by that little piece of just knowledge you just dropped on me that's going to change my thinking for a while. The nuclear freedom bomb. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, and I, oh, go ahead. if I can just real quick, I think I think in the in the time of COVID is an interesting time where we can see how how uh, the 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 importance of being community minded and mm. kind when carrying when carrying our freedom. You know, like uh, I do, I don't have, I am not going to allow myself the freedom to do things that endanger people. You know, I'm not going to not wear my mask. I'm not going to yeah. put people in danger uh, because that wouldn't that wouldn't be taking care of the community and that wouldn't be kind. Um, but yeah, so just bear, yeah, like kind of holding that, that balance of I'm free to make my choices, but I'm not free to do things that hurt you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we could actually sort of reframe that too, because in caring for our community, we are caring for ourselves because mm-hmm. it all comes back around mm-hmm. energetically, Absolutely. that interconnectedness, what we do to others comes back and it mm-hmm. affects us. And I, I think it's really important to remember that. And yeah. Rachel, and just to, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. There's just so much there uh, in the, you know, yeah, I have so much freedom about where I live and 
all these things. Um, but I, and I'm also in a society where there is so much inequality and mm-hmm. so and and yeah, just needing to continue to to use my freedom to to fight for social justice and to to help communities that don't have the the opportunities that I have. Absolutely. I have two thoughts here. One, I wanted to kind of go back to Rachel and challenge you for a moment. About, challenge me? Yes, challenge you okay. on your on your statement that you've always had the freedom to make the choices that you've wanted. And if that were true, what's the rebellion about? I, I it's funny because I knew you <laughs> I knew you were gonna <laughs> say this. And I guess when I think about Fen, you don't know, I was a really bad, I was a bad teenager would not want to be the type of teenager that I was. And I guess when I think about that, I am a white privileged girl who went to private school. And while yes, I was rebellious, I kind of still had the freedom to be rebellious. You know, like I got arrested outside of the, uh, outside of a very popular mall. um, And I got arrested for a lot of drugs and I got off. I spent one night in a holding cell and I got off and I got off because I am white and privileged and my dad could buy a lawyer. And so I think my, I had the freedom to be rebellious. And I don't think that that happens mm, such a good a point. Lot, to a lot of people is like, yeah, I was rebellious and I did drugs and I held out with bad crowds, but you know, I had that opportunity. I wouldn't say opportunity, but like I had that freedom to, to, I didn't wind up in jail. I didn't wind up, you know, dead. I mean, I, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I could have wind up dead. I don't think that would have been, I don't think freedom really might've fallen into that category, but um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, my, my parents money provided me that, that freedom. And I didn't come, I wasn't, I was white and Jewish and knew everybody in the community. So I think that's what my, my thinking is in that. And that's an excellent point. And it also takes me to imagining that freedom has so many layers to it, like everything in life. Yeah. It's gray. You know, these, there's these layers of freedom. We as white people don't fear getting arrested right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's fearful. Oh, my parents are going to find out. Oh, this is not, you're not what I wanted, but you're not, yeah, you're not like, I'm going to get shot because I'm putting my hand in my pocket. Yeah. At the same time, you are pushing against the being boxed in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that didn't allow you the true freedom to be yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on the one hand, yes, you had freedom, but on the other hand, no, you didn't. Yes. And that's what you were rebelling against. I was rebelling I against just... the fact that I, it's funny because I just wrote an email to somebody about specifically my community and my community was not inclusive. Like, you know, there was no, nobody was coming out. I had one black kid in my school. Like there was no difference. Right. And that I didn't like that because I was different. My, I didn't have a sexual identity then. So like I I didn't know, I was afraid to explore in any realm. Um, and I think that, yeah, that was what I was unhappy with in my community was like, they weren't inclusive and that wasn't okay with me. But I also had the right to say, 
you weren't inclusive. I don't like that. I'm going to rebel and make it very public that you don't accept people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where I don't think maybe that would have happened if I was black, if I was gay, you know, I don't think that honestly, if I was really any other religion in my little Jewish community. Hmm. So I think that that's, that's that. And that actually segues perfectly into my second point that I wanted to make. And that was with Fenn, you have used your freedom to develop a community of friends and others that is the most diverse (laughs) group of folks, at at least in Atlanta. I don't know how it is now, but when I, when I first met you in Atlanta, you had this enormously diverse group of friends. And I think that just tied into every single one of your uh, values, right? Because you've got your kindness, which is to open your home to all these people because you care about your community and creating a context where you feel supported and loved and are able to support and love. And then the freedom to invite whomever you want into that community. And I, can you speak to a little bit about sort of embracing that diversity? Yeah, I don't think, I, I just never, uh, especially when cultivating that community, I never thought about I wasn't doing it on purpose. It wasn't like, oh, I need a diverse group of friends. It was just kind of a come on over. So yeah, yeah, that that crew in Atlanta was a uh, it was unique. It was I good. think that's what happens when you live authentically. When you live authentically, people want to be around that. And it's one of my favorite things to say is always lead by example. And um, I know from speaking to your wife that that is something you do wholeheartedly is you are, this is how I'm going to show up in the world. This is what I'm going to spread. And these are the type of people that I'm going to call around me. And then they show up, you build it and they will come. And um, I think that that just is very telling to who you are as a person. And I don't, I write, I only know you from this experience. And like, I feel so genuine in this conversation, both on, you know, on everybody's side and I, I want to uh, ask this question. <laughs> Something's walking and it shouldn't be there. Um, I have a question and, and it's okay if you don't want to answer this, but are you still, do you have any contact with your parents? I do. I do. Um, that relationship is, is very important to me. It's hard, uh, but, but there's a lot of love there and, and a lot of stubbornness. So love and stubbornness can, can do a lot it's yeah it's definitely been a something I've I've worked on most of my adult life uh, I've had lots of great therapists since coming out <laughs> and and my parents really do they really do love me and the and that is like it's uh, it's hard when when their worldview their their core values their the way they see the world it's so it's so narrow yeah and it's narrow for themselves and then it's narrow for the uh for their kids you know and so i can i can see the reasons that they made the choices that they made yeah it's not out of a place of, of hate it's just out of a place of, of fear yeah um and and i can i can have compassion for that so yeah we we're our relationship is probably it's good. It's, you know, I haven't lived near them in a while and we see each other, you know, maybe once a year, but actually more like once every couple of years or so. I wish it was more. 
it's also hard because I really I enjoy them as well. Like we have a lot of fun together, and we um, they're they're both very creative people, and that's important to me. And I love art and music and building and creativity, and so it's good when we get together, brief time frames, and we talk about things we can talk about and gently avoid other subjects. Gently, <laughs> I avoid wish it. I wish it was. Yeah, I really wish it was easier. If you could choose one thing that you know, one piece of that to be easier, what would it be? It would mean a lot to me if they were more interested in getting to know Kim, because I feel like the complete, I mean, they're, they're nice to her, but just not invested in getting to know her at all. And she's, she's my wife. Like you, I just feel very unseen um, sometimes by the way they treat her. Does that impact your values of kindness toward them? I will just kindly choose to not spend too much time with them. Well, good answer. <laughs> I want to say, because if I was in your shoes, I, I didn't speak to my parents for a little bit. And like, my parents didn't, didn't ever make me feel like, well, not in the same way and not to the extreme that your parents fed you in this narrow path. I think this is just what I'm about to say is just a very clear example of how you show up in the world and how commendable that is, because I would have struggled to hold any sort of kindness and compassion for my parents in this circumstance. And so you said, you know, you, you kindly just don't spend enough time, a lot of time with them. And I almost want to challenge you to say that I, that the fact that you can answer a question of if you speak to your parents, I think just goes to show how much kindness in your heart you have. And right, what comes with kindness sometimes can be forgiveness and they kind of go hand in hand. And they, and I love when people talk about forgiveness as being for yourself versus the person that you're actually forgiving. And the fact that you are even willing to hold space, honestly, it makes me want to cry because I just think that that's so powerful and so commendable and so honorable of you to say, you know what? I hold compassion for the choices that you made and the viewpoints that you have, and I'm still willing to love you. And I just think that that's mind boggling to me. I'm going to tear up. <laughs> that's my and mushiness. That's your, that, there's your feels. Yep. And to maintain your freedom and yep. not, not compromise yourself. Yep. You're still I imagine that must've been very them. difficult. And it must I think it still is in mm -hmm. some ways finding that balance. Yeah. yeah. I so it's something that keeps in my head is right the how you guys know each other is Mason. And um I was a nanny for a really long time. I lived in Israel and was an a live in nanny. And um I remember how amazing it was coming out of my rebellious stage and then having this little being that behaved normally better for me than they did the parents. And there was so much time to, uh, I'm going to say, embed values into that little being that you're spending so much time with. And I'm curious to know is the choice to, to nanny a child and be able to share your new values with them, is that something that you even thought about of being like, oh, I now get this opportunity to... I don't want to say do a better job than your parents did, but do a more open and loving and honest 
pseudo parenting opportunity. Is that something you even thought about when you were deciding to work with kids? I don't think so. But I think, well, no, I mean, I must have, there are definitely things you think about in, uh, yeah, definitely wanting to instill, wanting, wanting to, what is it? Is it wanting to instill something? Is it wanting to help? Is it, I don't know. I, when making the decision to become a a foster parent, um, definitely thought a lot about what is it that I want to to share with children. And, and we had a couple kids that, that lived in our home for a year and a half. And it was a really amazing experience. Um, and I, I feel like the most important thing was just to, to love those kids and instill this, like, you are worthy of so much love. And well, Kim said it, she's sorry, Dina, I didn't mean to just, it's so Kim said something so funny, which I love, right. Is, is bottling kindness. And I feel like now your house is this like shop that has all these little bottles of like love and self-compassion and self-identity and freedom. And you just have these like foster kids come in. You're like, please, please pick one, please pick one and just carry it with you in life. And I think that that's, you know, that's why I love working with kids is because it is, they're so open, right? They're so ready to accept whatever is handed to them from people who they respect and in some cir- circumstances, it's their parents. In some circumstances, it's nannies or it's their, you know, foster parent or whatever. And I feel like the blessing that you're giving the people in your life, because I think it comes back to what Dina said about your community in Atlanta, is you just lead by example. And the awesomeness that you're doing for those kids of just being like, hey, you can live however you want, as long as you love yourself, love others, accept everyone. And I think that that's such an amazing blessing. And there aren't enough people in the world that do that and do it so confidently and openly. And especially with your past that are just like, hey, this is what happened to me. And this is how I chose to do it differently. And I'm going to show you how you can do it differently. And I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I love that too. And I will also say that one of the things that you are like Mason's third mother, right? The twins came along and kind of blew everything. (laughs) Love my twins. They are just nuclear bombs of children, (laughs) not just nuclear bombs of freedom. Um, And, you know, thank God Fen was there to, to help us manage that. But with Mason, I, I can attest to the fact that one of the things I loved about your caring for him was that you accept him exactly how he is and you accept all three of my children exactly how they are and for Mason in particular he he needs that in his life and I think the most as we're just talking I think one of the biggest reasons that I'm so happy that you're moving here is so that you can continue to do provide that for him because he will thrive with you in his life on a more frequent basis. You're able to provide that space for him to be exactly who he wants to be or needs to be. And while I try to, you know, let him know that it's okay, whoever you are, it's okay. I accept you. I love you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be, you know, the best in the class. You don't have to finish your tests the first, you know, be the first one, just be who you are for whatever reason, you know, he struggles with that. He struggles with, I I think he doesn't want to disappoint us as parents. 
you come mm-hmm. over and he's just, his entire, <clears throat> excuse me, demeanor changes. It's just like he has these googly eyes for Fen, right? <laughs> <laughs> and what a gift that you have to be able to bring that. I mean, I'm, I'm so fortunate that it's my children that, you know, have had this experience with you. And I'm sure your foster children had that as well. I'm being very selfish knowing that it's coming back to us. So in answer to your question to Finn, which wasn't about me, um, (laughs) I don't know what your motivation was, but I can tell you what you gave. And that was, you know, this space for my children to be exactly who they need and want to be. And they're still little. So I'm looking forward to you being able to help us navigate through the preteen and you'll stick around that long and teen years. I, um, I have a question for you. I have a lot of questions, but I'll just keep them short. How, how do you continue to choose to show up the way you do? I don't know how else to be. <laughs> um, so authentic. <laughs> you just choose to be authentic and everything else comes with it. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Okay. Secret to life. Show up as yourself. Okay. <laughs> Writing that down. I love Good. that. <laughs> you yeah. should write a book. How to, <laughs> how to live authentically. Page one, be I yourself. The end. I think that's it. Right. It's like, if you, cause what I'm picking up from this conversation, if you choose to live aligned with your values, then you're going to always continue to show up with those values. And I think, I think freedom, and I'm just, you know, pushing this on you. So to correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like authenticity is also a value because it allows for the freedom and it allows for the community and it allows for the kindness because that is your authentic self. And um, I think if, if people were just not so scared of who they were, and so shamed of who they were because of society. Um, I think we would have more people like you and you just continue leading by example. I'm following you. So, and I just think that that's, um, that is the secret ingredient. If you can just love your authentic self, you're going to love authentically. Yeah. The simplicity is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and conversely, so challenging. Mm Mm-hmm. As life is, life is really simple. If, you know, all we have to do is look at our pets to see how to live authentic lives, you know, show up. But, you know, we have this beautiful, horrible part of being human that allows us a part of the brain to just go, you know, talk to ourselves and all these kinds of things that while it can be very helpful, it can also be extremely harmful. And I think um, I think I also I get a lot out of um, the uh, the 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 authentic piece um, in a way that I keep it keep being reminded of my to to live authentically is I do en- I so enjoy spending time with children uh, because it's, there's the, the that sense that moment before. Uh, before they've learned how to be anything besides themselves and like my relationship with Mason like he 
he, he uh, I don't know, he just rejuvenates me, you know, his, his authentic self is, is such a delight to me. Um, and when I get, when I, when I see him and our foster kids are just, they're, they're such sweet kids and they have, they've been through a lot. And so they have these layers of, they've been aged, you know, before their time. But when we could get back to their, to the, the authenticness of their childhood and the, they're just, their pure being. Yeah, it's just a delight. And I, maybe that's what I always look for in, in people. And, and, you know, cause you can find it in everyone. Um, some of us just have more layers than others. <laughs> It's a very good way to put it. It's those layers that um, prevent us from getting to that simple place. Yeah. 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 The simplicity of love. Yeah. Just like, you can just love. Yep. Having fun, loving, doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing. Just play with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can all just play well in the sandbox together and share just toys. do that. You just, know? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm blown away. I, uh, this is the first podcast I've cried on. So congratulations, Fen. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> Ever. You win an award. Yeah, I'm not a crier. Um, but I think you just, you, you hit a place in my heart that made me just feel very grateful. And that's something I struggle with is gratitude. I think I move really fast mm. and I, you said it right. When we take that pause and you just kind of sit and think, and I feel like I've just done that this entire episode. It's just stop and think of all the ways that I am grateful for how I show up and all the ways I want to change how I show up um, to be more authentic, more compassionate, more forgiving, um, more loving. And I am just, uh, this Sunday morning has started off very differently than some of my other Sunday mornings. And I'm excited to continue to just soak in marinade. I'm going to use your words, marinade in the back of my head of what I'm taking away from this, this episode. Cause I think it's, it's more impactful than I can just express in words in this moment. So thank you. Thank you for just showing up authentically and loving the space. Yeah. I've been crying almost the whole time. <laughs> I've been on the verge of tears. I'm not really sure what that's about. So I'm going to think about that maybe as I go put a barbecue grill together. Yes. I, I think it's, it is. I, I think what strikes me and the reason I'm on the verge of tears is that <clears throat> there's this beautiful blue sky. There's a loquat tree that I'm looking at and it's simple and it's beautiful. And that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that moves me to tears because I don't live that way. I live in a complicated world where I question everything, where I overanalyze everything, or I ignore it, or whatever it is, it's being faced with things that are probably pretty darn simple. And if I just didn't try to go at them like a bull in a china shop, it would happen. So allowing yourself freedom, but also allowing the world freedom Mm -hmm. and those around us, the freedom to be who they are. Uh, Those are things I'm going to take away, Finn. And I have, I'm just so grateful. And I might go have a nervous breakdown here in a minute, (laughs) but that's okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you know, reach out if you need to talk more. <laughs> this is why I'm so excited about you moving here because I love having t- discussions with you. So likewise, likewise. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I, I guess, Rachel, you asked the question, what is the secret to your pie? What makes it special? And what, what? I asked her how she chose it, but I didn't ask her what keeps, what, what keeps you full? What in your life do you mm. have that keeps you being who you are? There are uh, so many things. I really, you know, Kim and I have created, like our home is a very peaceful place. And um, so I think it, I think we both, finding someone that, that values recharging um, and, and fortunately we recharge uh, similarly, uh, quiet evenings, hikes. I love, I don't know. I love reading. I love listening to music. And so I think I, yeah, I just seek out, I feel like there's a lot of things that fill, that fill my pie that re recharge me, but it's all very simple stuff. Well, I think yeah. you too. Yeah, no, it's like, it's just simple. It's just like simple things that and I, you touched on it, right? Recharge. We don't live in a recharge society. We live in a depleting, run your tank empty, go until you break down type of society. And what you're telling us is the secret is to stop and recharge. And um, it's simple, but it's key. Yeah. And in that space, it can be very frightening for people who aren't used mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you gotta you gotta be comfortable with yourself. You gotta be comfortable with the thoughts in your head because you'll hear them when you get quiet when you when you slow down. I want to take a moment also to uh, say something to Dina. I'm gonna get real feelsy here because you we've talked about Mason in this call and we talked about the power of Mason and Fen might be his nanny, but you are his mother, and he is all that he is and authentic in himself. And he learned it from someone and it wasn't Fen because she came in later. And you are also somebody, whether you think it or not, shows up authentically with love and compassion. So True. I'm just going to, I'm just going to drop that there because I know what you say to yourself and I know how you view yourself sometimes as a parent and your kids are crazy, but they are always themselves and they are always loved. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ben showed up six weeks after Mason was born, but we lost her after he was three and a half. Well, not lost her, but <laughs> it felt like it. Thank you. That's all I'm going to say. It's great. I just am so, this is a great, this is a great episode. Thank you, Ben. I really, um, yeah. <laughs> I was excited to have you on. I didn't really know what to expect. And I just, I'm feeling very grateful and I'm feeling very loved. And, um, I say it every podcast and I'm just going to continue to say it, that I am so grateful for the impactful conversations and people that come on this podcast because I'm in my late twenties and I am working towards becoming who I really want to be and show up in this world as a mother and a wife and a friend And when I have people like you and I have people like Dina in my life, it just, it makes me so confident that I am working on that. And I am taking the steps that I 
want to take because you are who you surround yourself with. And if you look at the people mm -hmm. I surround myself with, like you and Dina and, and your wife and all the other people we've had on this podcast, there's no doubt in my mind that I am surrounded by the types of people to help me be that woman. And I'm just grateful. That's all I'm just going to spew. I'm just spewing out words of gratitude. So thanks. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I, I love the podcast. I was really um, hesitant to come on to the show because I just really enjoy listening to it. And um, yeah, so thank you for creating this space. And yeah, every week I, I feel like I learn something new and, and definitely really enjoy the challenges uh, that, that your guests have, have made me think about. And yeah, I take it, um, <laughs> I listen hard to this podcast. <laughs> like I, <laughs> well that's yeah. impressive when yeah. you know, aren't taking it to the simple place you're taking it to a harder place <laughs> I don't know if that's I, sometimes you have to go to the hard place to get to the simple place you know? that's right yeah well that's there's another point there right I mean yeah. it's not all just keep dropping knowledge on us you know what came up for me in this podcast is very different mm. than what has come up in previous podcasts mm -hmm. And I am so appreciative to go to, I feel like we went to a deeper level mm -hmm. and Fen, thank you so much for that. I think the value of this podcast is going to stay with me yeah. for a long time. Not that the others don't, but the realness that we got to today is different and I love it. Yeah. And thank you so much, Fen. And, thank you. you know, I know that you were a little nervous about coming on, but look where you took us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you both. I look forward to putting this together and having it on the air next week. Thank we'll you. We'll talk so to much. you soon. Bye. 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 Okay. Well, this was a great podcast. I, I'm going to take a, a lot away from this one and thank you yeah. so much for joining us. And we look forward to our next guest and learning what we can from them and uh, yeah. Thanks again for listening and tuning in. Thanks again, Dina, for hosting this, this space with me and can't wait. That's right. And check us out on Facebook. We're there now. Yeah. The Wellness Pie Shop on Facebook. Thank you. Thank you.